Let's talk about the passing of Michael K. Williams from The Wire, a.k.a. Omar. Let's also discuss the newly unearthed picture of England versus Germany in 1938, with both teams doing the Nazi salute. What about the Dutch city deciding to make the procedure to change your slave name free of charge? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. The difference between those who succeed and fail is not taking advantage of opportunities. Eric Thomas. So, it's episode 73, Pablo's podcast, still a spark in debate, and we're still in September. So what's coming up in September? Uh, next weekend, uh, coming Sunday, we've got St. Kitts and Nevis Independence Day. So there should be some big celebrations going on around the capital in relation to that. Obviously, they got their independence on the 19th of September in 1983. And then following that, a couple of days after that, you've got Belize Independence Day on the 21st of September, who also got their independence in September, but it was 1981. So congratulations to the Mercury Prize winner 2021, indie soul singer Arlo Parks. Excellent, excellent, excellent. She won. I think she, she was a favourite to win. She was a favourite to win um, for her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams. So yeah, looking forward to hearing that. De definitely looking forward to listening to that piece of art there. Um, she's only 21 um, she beat off some, some fierce contenders um, so yeah she got the £25,000 prize money and I suppose the icing on the cake was the, the ceremony um, took place in Hammersmith um, London where, where she grew up so that, that was just the cherry on top for her so yeah congratulations to Arlo Parks great stuff um, this, I'll tell you what this <laughs> This weather has been so, so strange. I mean, over the past, uh, maybe, yeah, the past week, obviously we've had some really hot days. And usually, I mean, I grow a lot of fruit and vegetables, etc. but usually the strawberries are well and finished by September. And I am still picking strawberries in my garden. I can't believe it. In fact, there's even some flower, flowering strawberries where, you know, this is pre them even turning into the green strawberries before they go red. And I've got loads of those as well. So whoever is not aware that there is some sort of change going on with our climate, um, yeah, I'm seeing it in my garden. And I've been seeing it for a while. They were, I think it was last year I didn't get any peers coming in my garden. This year we had some. Um, so, yeah, I've noticed it because because of my gardening and stuff. But, yeah, very odd, very odd. But I don't complain about having more strawberries in September um, because it's my favourite fruit. But, yeah, um, I've just thought, I just thought I'd add that. Heat wave and strawberries in September. Never seen nothing like it. I've been growing fruit and veg for the past five years and I've never seen nothing like that happening in September. But, yeah, so I thought I'd just add that. So, some sad news, um, and this, this kind of hit me different, like, it hit me a little bit hard in a way, I don't know, yeah, it hit me, it hit me different, considering, you know, I don't know this person, and, you know, this person just is an actor, 
But yeah, it kind of it shocked me and I, I kind of felt it. So Michael K. Williams um, died at the age of six, uh, 54 um, in, his, in his room. Yeah, found, found, found dead in his New York apartment on Monday. Um, and yeah, when I was, I, I was speaking to somebody and the TV was on and I saw it run across the bottom. And I just, I couldn't even focus. I had to kind of look and double check what it was. And yeah, it was, it was really sad. Um, and I think, and to be fair... For me personally, that is only because of his. It's it's really not only, but it's 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 because of his the role that he played in The Wire. You know, The Wire is my favorite show. You know, I saw it. I watched it early. You know, a lot of people hadn't seen hadn't seen it when I saw it. It was, it was like early early two thousands. I saw that The Wire. Um, I can't remember what year exactly, but yeah. But when I saw it, it was early. And um, his role, I mean, sorry, just to go back, it was so early that when I saw Idris Elba playing uh, Stringer Bell, I thought he was American. You know, this was before Idris Elba was known to me as an actor. Um, you know, this was before Luther and all, all of that stuff. But yeah, when I saw him, I thought he was an American actor and I was shocked when he spoke and he was um, English. Um, actually from Hackney as well, apparently. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so from that show where where um, Michael K. Williams played Omar, that role he played it so well, so so well, um, and yeah, it was it was just a shock. It was just a shock. I'm still it's still nuts speaking about it now. But um, but yeah, so he played. I mean, for those who haven't seen The Wire, um, you're lucky. I'm a bit jealous if you haven't seen The Wire because you can go and buy that box set and you're going to have an amazing time watching it. And I'm probably going to go and watch it again. But if you haven't seen it before, you're in for a treat, definitely. And it's kind of the precur a precursor to a lot of the stuff, the direction um, that, that the UK has gone to um, in, in regards to crime and, and street crime, etc. Um, so, yeah, it's based in Baltimore, etc. But, yeah, um, but the po point I'm making is the part that he played, he played Omar, who was a gay streetwise um, robber of drug gangs, you know, used to rob the, rob the gangsters and stuff, but he played the role so perfectly. So, so yeah, um, so, yeah, it really touched me. But, you know, there's other roles he's played since then that were really classic roles as well, like he played um, Chalky White in, in Broadwalk Empire, another classic, classic show. Um, that I really love as well. Hold that one up high. But he starred in, in many shows. He starred in um, Lovecraft, um, Country, Night of Bess, uh, yeah, Night of Bessie, and um, When They See Us as well. He played, I think he played the dad in When They See Us. So yeah, um, really sad, really, really, really sad. But um, they they said that he he died from a. It's suspected. Sources say it's suspected he died from a drug overdose, but it hasn't been confirmed. But he has um, spoken openly about his um, struggles with drugs over the years. So, so yeah, that, that is part of his story. Um, and I saw a really touching interview. I've seen a few touching interviews with him, to be fair. But there was a really touching one that comes to mind where he spoke about um, after playing The Wire, the lines got blurred and he started to lose himself in the character. Um, so, yeah, that, that was that was really interesting as well but um but yeah i mean there'd be loads of stuff online in regards to him but yeah really sad really really sad he, he was definitely promising to you know be an oscar winner i know he was 
he was nominated for I think it was three Emmys. Um, but yeah, I know he would have definitely got Oscars and Emmys and all kinds of things. Um, so yeah, man, really, really, really sad. Um, but he's got some new movies coming out in 2022. Uh, he's got one called Surrounded and he's in another one called 892. So yeah, look out for, I'll be looking out for them. But yeah, my thoughts get to his family um, and his friends. And, and yeah, it's really sad. But he's left a really, really powerful legacy. You know, he touched a lot of people with that, with that role he played. All them roles he played, to be fair. So, um, congratulations to Emma Radakanu, rather. Um, she's, yeah, she won the US Open Champ. She's the US Open Champion. Um, eight years old, first uh, British woman uh, in 44 years to win a Grand Slam title. Um, she didn't drop a set. Um, apparently, I, did, I haven't watched it yet. I can't wait to watch it because, by all accounts, it, it was an amazing game. Um, and yeah, uh, so so yes, yeah, and she also she also is the first qualifier to win a major title as well. So yeah, um, hats off to her, man. Hats off to her because you know seeing that it was in the Olympics where she, she it's like she was hyperventilating and stuff, and she had to come off and that, and you know to to come back the way she's come back. Yeah, absolutely made history. So hats off to her and congratulations. And yeah, life has changed from here. You know, look forward to seeing her play. You know, in the future, when um, when Naomi Osaka is um, is fit and well, you know, I look forward to seeing those those matches and stuff. And who knows, maybe even the the Williams sisters as well. Um, but yeah, now hats off to her. Amazing, amazing stuff. So the the shortages, the the sh I don't know, the stock shortages, um, the threats about Christmas presents not going to be available, not being able to get water um, from, the, from the supermarkets and various other things. I've got to say, the, the shortage of water has definitely um, been a thing for me because there's, there's a certain type of water that I buy and the sh I'm having to hunt high and low all over the place to get this water. So I've definitely seen some of the shortages for sure. And broccoli as well. Broccoli, strangely enough. I, I've had trouble um, buying broccoli. should have grew some in my garden this year. I will be definitely next year because they're now talking about um, the shortages could last up to two years. Um, so it was the um, kind of Confederation of, of British Industry have said that, um, CBI. So, so yeah, um, and they're talking about it could harm UK's economy. Um, and basically they're asking now that the government um, adopt more flexible policies in regards to immigration. Um, to help tackle the problem because obviously we ain't got enough drivers to deliver the food back and forth where you know with the whole brexit thing so i don't know if that's going to happen um i don't know how that would work and i don't know how how quick that would come around but you know if if they're predicting things are going to be a little bit short you know over the next two years i think it's, it's just about planning ahead you know that's all we you know human human beings we're very adaptable i don't think we need to rush out there and stockpile and things like that but you just need to, you know, shop wisely, shop wisely. But, um, and yeah, just be mindful, be prepared, be prepared. But yes, um, so Jonathan Ashworth, um, MP, um, he, I was watching an interview with him today, actually, and he was talking about um, there are currently like 8,000 people in hospital with COVID. Um, and also in the UK, more than, 
more than 30,000 uh, new daily cases been reported over the past um, nine days in a row. Um, so yeah, the, the numbers of people in hospital are rising with the disease. Thank goodness, not, not near as many people are dying, which is great. But obviously, there are a lot of people in hospital, so a lot of people are still having to deal with it. And we haven't seen the outcome of um, the kids going back to school, university, uh, the festivals, etc. They just had the wireless festival. Is it wireless? Yeah, wireless festival. Um, so yeah, uh, just, uh, that just came to mind because I, I called my son and he was he was at the wireless festival. I didn't even know it was on. But yeah, I mean, with all of these things, to be fair, um, the you know we haven't seen the, the outcome of that. I suppose would you say July, August, September. I would reckon around October, November, we'll, we'll we'll know where we really stand. But yeah. So things are still, I mean, at the end of the day, I think because we've been speaking about it for so long, we're kind of getting numb to it. But, you know, when you just think we are still actually in a global pandemic. Just let that sink in a bit. We are still in a global pandemic. It's still, it seems a little bit surreal. I mean, when we first heard it, it was shock, horror, you know, but now it's been going on for so long. You know, when I when I move around and I I, I go to various places, um, you wouldn't think we was in a global pandemic. You know, um, <laughs> the way our people are functioning now, very different to how it was um, at the beginning. But um, and sh- but should it be? Should we be? Should we should we be functioning in exactly the way we were in twenty nineteen, or should it be a little bit curbed? Right, I think it's for for individuals to decide, I suppose. But yeah, it is. It does. It does baffle me a little bit, to be fair. But um, but yeah, it is. It is what it is. But some norm normality, you know, a level of normality is definitely um, needed. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, but compulsory COVID and uh, flu jabs for frontline NHS staff and um, care workers in England are being considered at the moment. So I'm not sure when they will come to their conclusion, but that's definitely on the cards for, for most people. I think most people, a lot of healthcare staff, beyond the NHS staff, um, yeah, are going to be, it's going to be checkmate, really, you know. Um, if it's compulsory, it's a pretty much, you know, you do that or you find another job. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the unions and... Um, the unions and uh, care organisations are pretty much saying that making it mandatory could lead to staff shortages, which is, you know, that's going to have its implications as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. But I have said at the moment, I think 80, 88% of NHS staff um, have already received um, two COVID doses. Um, but there are some specific trusts, NHS trusts, um, that haven't, had so much of an uptake, maybe down to like seventy eight percent. So, so yeah, some people are still reluctant to take the jabs. So yeah, but well, at the, at this time they've got a choice, but we'll we'll, we'll see how long that will continue. But the Sajid Javid, health secretary, um, he has said that in regards to England's uh, vaccine and uh, vaccine passport, he said those plans are now been ditched. 
Um, so the vaccine pass, this is in regards to the vaccine passport they were talking about for entry into nightclubs and large events. So he's basically saying it's, it's not going to go ahead. So, yeah, some some light for all those party goers who were reluctant to take the jab. Welcome to Pablo's Podcast. Join me on a weekly basis with social commentary on current affairs which affect us the most. Come and muse with me. What you can expect is uplifting, positive discussions, interviews on our social, physical and cultural well-being. Voicing some of the perspectives we share but maybe don't vocalise enough. I'll be going through my bucket list of interviewees over the coming weeks. We're guaranteed to get an honest, authentic perspective and insight into what's going on now. If you like what you hear, please click the subscribe button. Please share on your social media apps and please leave a review. Look forward to spending some time with you over these coming weeks. Thanks for joining me. Take care. So sadly, we have had a couple of um, murders um, of young people over the past week um, in Walthamstow, um, fatal, fatal shooting on the 1st of September, 18-year-old Alex Anjuku. Um, it basically happened sometime after an event in on the Beaumont Estate um, in Leighton, I believe that is, but Waltham Forest area. Um, yeah, really sad. A 43-year-old man was arrested for, for murder, um, but has since been released on bail, so they're still investigating that. But my thoughts and prayers go out to Alex's family and friends and family. Um, and also in Leicester, in Leicester, uh, Ad, Adribim Mohammed, 18-year-old, was stabbed to death. Um, and they've also they've got a 58-year-old man who's been arrested on suspicion of murdering the teenager. So, yeah, really sad. Um, whenever you hear it, death of anybody, um, let alone young people as young as like 18, life just started. So, so yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to the friends and family. So, the new magazine um, has had a bit of a backlash um, and they've responded to allegations of racism over the Love Island cover. Now, I'm not really familiar with Love Island. I know everybody talks about it and whatnot, but it's not a show that I've watched yet. But um, I've seen the, the, the covers, etc. And, um, and yeah, it, it's, just, it's just odd how these things happen. But, yeah, so basically they, they've had the cover and the cover's got the winners on there and, um, and the runners-up as well. And there's only two black, uh, people in the show um, and, and it's a black couple um, Tyler and Kaz I believe their name is and yeah so the, it, within this front picture um, they were not in the picture or everybody else was but then them two were taken out of the picture um, and despite uh, one of them actually being a finalist as well although they didn't win they, they were actually a finalist but yeah nevertheless they weren't in the picture and they were the only black couple so yeah um, I mean the magazine, new magazine, uh, they went to social media and apologised, but really, um, I think 
we, we, we should be past um, these things kind of happening and having to apologise afterwards, I, I think, really. Um, but hey, it's happened. People will make their choices as to how they feel about that and what they, what they do about that going forward. So something that really shocked me, really, um, I saw a picture, uh, a picture of, it, basically it's a football picture, 1938, England versus Germany. Um, and basically you've got the England team lined up and the German team lined up. England teams dressed in white, uh, the German team dressed in black. Well, it looks black because it's a black and white photo. Um, but yeah, it happened in, in, in Nazi, in, in Germany and they you know, both teams are doing the Nazi salute in this 1938 picture, which was really odd to see, really odd to see. Um, and it just made me think, I wonder if um, there was anybody in the stands that booed, you know, as, as both teams um, did the Nazi salute. I doubt it, to be fair. Um, it'd be interesting if there's any footage of it. Um, that'd be interesting, any sound footage to that. But yeah, um, and yeah, it just made me reflect on, you know, obviously we're in 2021 now and there's so many people that have got an issue with footballers taking the knee. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just interesting. It's ironic that this, this picture, because I think it's a, a picture that was long lost or or recently exposed or whatever, but I think it's good that the picture has come about at this particular time. Very timely. And, you know, very timely. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, have a look at it. I think there's, there's a few articles about it now as well. Um, so, yeah, have, have, a, have a look at that. But, yeah, very interesting picture. And ironically as well, like I said, very timely because um, Rio and Anton Ferdinand um, were speaking at the Joint Parliamentary Committee um, seeking possible improvements to the government's draft on uh, online safety bill. So very timely, very timely for some other reasons as well, which I'll speak about in a second. But yeah, very timely. So also um, interesting stuff um, across the waters in Europe, um, slave names. So basically around slave names. So um, descendants of African slaves uh, have confirmed that they'll be changing their surnames um, after, um, after a Dutch city decided to make the procedure free of charge. So basically prior to this, prior to this new announcement, it, in English money, it was, in English money it was £715. Um, to change your slave name, um, and and yeah, and uh, you know, people obviously want to adopt and recognise um, their Afri their African ancestry by changing their their names, which is totally understandable. Um, but under the Dutch rules, if you if you um, wanted to do that, you would have to go under it like an ex extensive psychological. Um, examination uh, on top of the fee, you know, to change your name, which is, you know, I mean, some some people had have got names apparently like uh, surnames like Anus, um, Garlic, Naked Born. I, yeah, <laughs> I was I was shocked as well. But regardless of that, um, 
regardless of what your name is, if if your if your name is a slave name, I actually think if you want to change it, why should you pay? That it doesn't actually that should be free. I, I hadn't thought about it until I until I read about this, but actually it should be free because it's it's not your original name. It was it was forced on your ancestors and. Now you you still carry it. So if you've if you've become aware of what's happened and you don't want to hold that anymore, that should be free. It seems quite logical and straightforward to me. But so yeah, um, and I wonder. I don't know actually if what the situation is in the UK. That'd be interesting to find out. To be fair, that'd be interesting to find out. But hmm. so yeah, um, and also going back to. Uh, how timely it is um, for for uh, the things I spoke about earlier happening? Um, the Queen has apparently confirmed that she supports Black Lives Matter, which again, like I said, it's very timely. A lot, of, you know, very timely. That picture coming out with the footballers, Rio Ferdinand and Anton Ferdinand talking to the to Parliament, etc. But yeah, the Queen this week has said that she supports Black Lives Matter. So it, it come about through um, uh, Sir Ken Olesea, Olisa, rather, um, who is the first black uh, Lord Lieutenant of, for London. Um, who, you know, he's around the, the, the royalty and the Queen and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, in the interview, he, he told Channel 4 that he'd um, discussed the issue of race with the royal household. Um, particularly over the last 12 months with what's happened with George Floyd, etc. Um, and, yeah, they, when asked if the, if the palace um, supported Black Lives Matter, he said, yeah, they, they, they do. They, they've said as much. Um, and the palace has also gone a step further to pledge to increase the amount of ethnic minorities working at the palace by 10%, um, by, I think it's by 2022. So yeah, um, this really is going to put a few bigoted people's nose out of joint because the one thing that's consistent with with bigoted people, it seems, is um, their allegiance to the Queen um, and, you know, all that the Queen stands for, you know, being British and etc. But if this is what the Queen's saying, um, what, what do they do now? And I can't help but smile when I when I hear stuff like this. I can't help but smile because, um, yeah, the the irony of it, the irony of it is, um, yeah, it just it makes me chuckle. So um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, there's a few things that make me chuckle. I tell you something that makes me chuckle is that you know even if any of these bigoted people um, go and do a DNA test, um, they'll find out that they've got African DNA in them, um, just like everybody else on the planet. So, um, yeah, but, but yeah, the Queen coming out and saying this and, uh, you know, and it being public like this and reported in the media is, um, yeah, makes me smile because I, I, I want to really see how it all pans out for them um, in their rhetoric moving forward. But one thing I would say is this um, thing about... Uh, Having ethnic, more ethnic, ten percent ethnic minorities working at the palace by 2022. Um, for me, 
the Queen saying she supports Black Lives Matter, it's, it's not really about more ethnic minorities working for the palace um, or more BAME, more from the BAME community working at the palace. It needs to be specific. The Queen's talking about supporting Black Lives Matter. Let it be 10% more black people working at the palace. Because if it's, if it's 10% ethnic minorities or BAME, that might be 10% that none of them are black. You could have Asian, you could have Chinese, you could have Polish, you could have whatever, and still avoid black people working at the palace. So I don't know how many black people are working at the palace, but that would be interesting um, to see. It would be nice to see. Uh, you know, it would kind of be in line with the support for the sentiment of Black Lives Matter, you know, because I, I, I find it really hard to, to understand how anybody can really say they don't support the sentiments of the term Black Lives Matter. Not talking about the politics of the organisation, the term. But that's, that's, that's my perspective. But moving on, in, uh, we've got a Windrush monument um, uh, being, being uh, uh, permanent. Um, uh, let me start again. A Windrush monument being set up and installed at London Waterloo Railway Station. Um, this is it's basically they've got it down to four finalists um, and the concept the four finalists have put their concepts forward uh, Basil Watson's one of them um, Jeanette Elias Thomas J Prince I remember Th Thomas J Prince is the the man who done the nine foot um, statue of the girl and that was up in East London young black girl that was that was a really good statue I like that and um Valda Jackson and all of them are of Caribbean heritage um, and they them guys make up the shortlist at the moment so so yeah that'll be happening soon I'm not sure when that's going to be up um, so yeah but that's something to look out for monument up in uh, London Waterloo railway station and also Whitten, Whittington Hospital is also will be unveiling soon a statue um, commemorating the midwives around the Commonwealth um, that came to the UK between 1948 and 1973 to help um, the, the, the NHS in its, you know, in its early years as it, when it was a fledgling organisation. I think, if I'm right, I think the NHS is the biggest, the largest employer in the world. I'm sure, I'll double check that, but yeah, if I'm right. I think now it is actually the largest employer in the world. But yeah, I digress. But yeah, um, the community, yeah, community activist um, Nubian Jack um, has brought this about. He's done a lot of work in regards to things like this, so hats off to him. But yeah, Nubian Jack, um, he collaborated with uh, Whittington Health and Islington Council, um, who commissioned the granite statue. So, so yeah, looking forward to seeing that when they unveil, when they do the unveiling soon. So yeah, that is a lot's happening. A lot, lot's happening. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely, things are changing. Things are changing. So, um, so also, yeah, on the crypto side of things, cryptocurrencies. Um, the 
El Salvador has become the first country in the world to adopt Bitcoin as its legal tender. So this is, you know, kicking off a big and bold experiment um, for, for, for cryptocurrency um, and Bitcoin. Um, but yes, yeah, this is going to be interesting. These, this is, could be a game changer. Well, it is a game changer, to be fair, because they're the first. I don't think they're going to be the last. I don't, I'm sure there was some talk about Paraguay being next. And, um, but yeah, this is, it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out. Because, as I, you know, I've said many times, you don't hear a lot about cryptocurrency, but there's so much going on with it. And it's really surprising how little you actually do hear about it day to day. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So something I watched um, last week was um, Imagine. And it was around uh, Bernardini um, Avast. How do you pronounce her name? Avarsito. Um, great author, prize-winning author, poet, um, spoken word. You know she's done it all. Um, she's got some amazing stuff out there. But her, she was. It was basically like a documentary about her life and talking about her African heritage. It was on BBC One, I believe, and I'm sure you can catch it on there. But yeah, she's of dual heritage but one of the things that really stood out for me was how she her dad I think her, her dad was Nigerian I believe yeah he was Nigerian but she knew nothing of his his story you know although she grew up with him he, he never really spoke about his story and stuff and and she only found it out in in, in later years well after he'd passed and and kind of just tracked back and got some understanding about who she was and, and things like that but yeah the um yeah, just the, the dynamics of how it affected their family and the racism her family, you know, her and her siblings had to deal with growing up. Um, yeah, it was really fascinating, really good. I'd definitely recommend it, really interesting story. But again, she's a, she's a great author, award-winning author, and she's, she's done a lot and continues to do a lot. But yeah, really interesting person, really interesting. So yeah, that was what I absorbed over this, um, this last week. Really good. So look, um, we're, we're kind of having an, an extended summer, making up for those lost summer days in the, over the past year. Um, and, you know, we're out of summer um, officially. But if you go outside, you know, it's Sunday morning now. Um, you go outside now, um, it's definitely summerish out there. So enjoy it while it lasts. You know, have fun. Be safe, you know. And do all the things that you need to do, you know. Do all the things you need to do today. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Get it done today. Get the blood moving, you know. You know, I always talk about, you know, doing physical stuff and, you know, just getting the blood moving and enjoying, you know. So continue doing that. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.